SEC fans, this is John Christ, senior writer for Saturday Down South. Welcome to another installment of the SDS Podcast. Coming to you from the iHeartMedia studio, WDAE in Tampa, Florida, 620 AM and 95.3 FM. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at SaturdayJC. Our guest for this episode is Bo Mattingly. He is the host of Sports Talk with Bo Mattingly, which is syndicated all over the state of Arkansas. Plus, he is a three-time sportscaster of the year in the Razorback State. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well, at Sports Talk WBO. Bo, we have even more to talk about since we originally booked this appearance based on what happened in Fayetteville on Wednesday. So thank you so much for joining me on the program. Happy to do it, John. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. The Saturday Down South podcast is brought to you by SweetHop.com. Georgia has already locked up a spot in Atlanta where they're going to face the winner of the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn in the first SEC championship game at the brand new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Imagine not just attending the game, but experiencing it from a private luxury suite with your closest family, friends, and colleagues. Colleagues, SweetHop.com has access to the best suites in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the SEC title game and also the college football playoff national championship about a month later. They've got live pricing and availability right there on their website. Check it out, or better yet, lock in a suite when your team makes an appearance in one of these postseason games. Go to SweetHop.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-H-O-P dot com. And now, Bo Mattingly, you know, we had a feeling that change was coming for the Arkansas program, but now that athletic director Jeff Long has been shown the door just yesterday, this feels like it could be a max exodus before it's all said and done. It sure does, and it's been building throughout the season. Last week, Jeff Long was at a board of trustees meeting. He never went into the private session, what they call the executive session. He sat outside looked uncomfortable, and it kind of felt like something involving him was going on behind closed doors. And as it turns out, there was a lot of conversation about Jeff Long, and his boss, the chancellor of the University of Arkansas, Joe Steinmetz, who's only been on the job a little under two years, uh, from what I understand, pretty much was given the blessing to move on from the Arkansas athletic director. It's also my understanding that they have given their support to Chancellor Steinmetz to move on to the football head coaching position, and we'll see if that happens at the end of the year. Uh, crazy things can happen in college football. You know, there's two games left for Arkansas with Mississippi State and Missouri coming to Fayetteville, but the Razorback football team hasn't really given an indication this year that they're up to put together four quarters and win both of those games. So I'd say it's unlikely that's going to happen and and probably very likely that uh, Brett Bielema will also be on the way out, whether he takes another job or is also relieved of his, his duties. Now, how much of Long's firing was due to the football product itself on the field, fairly disappointing the last half a decade or so, or were there outside issues at play here as well? Now, your typical SEC football fan, they just see those Saturdays in the fall. But, of course, AD at a big-time program, the scope is much larger than that. 
I really believe it had been hard to do this to Jeff Long if the football team was rolling along. If they'd finished off the last two games last year and won nine, which they, they should have done, but they blew two massive halftime leads and then come into this year and just don't perform well. Obviously dealt with some injuries too. But if they're a winning football program, I don't think we're talking about this right now. To understand what's happened at Arkansas – and it's probably not that unusual for a college athletic department. These guys are CEOs now in college football. And it's hard for a CEO in business to last 10 years. It's almost unheard of. And I think we're seeing a, a similar move in the athletic director realm because it's run like a business with all the money at stake. And to run it like a business, sometimes what happens is you've got to insulate yourself from the politics of it all, which I think Jeff Long did. When he got to Arkansas, there was a lot of whispering into the year of not only the athletic director, Frank Broyles, but all the people around Frank Broyles and all the, the relationships that had been built over the years. And they had to evolve some things. They had to, to change some things. And when you come in and you're new and you've got to do that, you can't listen to all of those people. And maybe to uh, fault, Jeff Long uh, didn't listen enough, and, but he did a lot of great things, was really successful, you know, really developed the, the, uh, the program into this new financial era where they're financially viable and competitive. He helped build facilities, helped raise money. And I think at the end of the day, what ends up happening after 10 years is every mistake is accounted for. And every person that didn't like the way you did something is ready to, 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 to complain or to voice their displeasure or why this isn't working or why he doesn't understand Arkansas. And so all of those people that got kind of shoved out a little bit when Jeff Long came in, 10 years later, have their list of things they don't like. And the football program's tanking. And now's their time to say, hey, look, look at this thing. Look at that. Look at that contract he signed this guy to. Why would he do that? And then here, here the list is. And, and ultimately, that's what the board of trustees, I think, looked at and why Jeff Long doesn't have a job anymore. As the, the chancellor said in his statement, Long had lost the support of some of the fans or many of the fans, key supporters and members of university leadership. And so that's where we are today. Now, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who probably don't know that Jeff Long was a part of the college football playoff committee, which is obviously a very exclusive role to have. I think there's 13 people on the committee that make those decisions. What was it like to have an AD in that role? I'm guessing on the one hand, it's sort of a feather in the cap and it's a point of pride for people at that university. But could it potentially be a distraction? Because as I understand it, this type of year, he gets on a plane every Monday and he leaves the school for a couple of years. And it seems like maybe his focus isn't entirely where it should be. I suppose that argument could be made. Yeah, you could make the argument, but there's not anything in Jeff Long's performance that that says, oh, he was distracted or he didn't get it done. It was more about not liking the choices that he made. Uh, he had a great infrastructure built. Uh, people might complain about that, the number of employees he had on his staff well before um, being selected to be the first-ever chairman of the College Football Selection Committee. But to me, this was, was a lot less about performance and a lot more about preference and style and 
whether uh, a high-level donor, you know, three hours away felt like they could pick up the phone and call Jeff Long and have influence and input. Um, his performance was not, uh, hasn't been to me and everything that, that I've seen and heard from people. It hasn't been about, hey, he wasn't around enough or he didn't do enough. It was that they didn't like something that he did. So I don't think um, that was any negative impact. I think, if anything, it was a positive impact. And here's what Arkansas has got to figure out right now. Who are you going to get to replace Jeff Wong, who was the 2015 Athletic Director of the Year and the committee chairman, still serves on the selection committee, as we've talked about? Who carries that kind of weight? And, you know, I think a lot of college athletic departments are trying to figure this out. How much of a a you know school connection guy or gal do you need and versus somebody that's really connected throughout college athletics and can you blend it all together I mean, it's a tough spot for an athletic director because you're dealing with a lot of people that want to have a lot of say in what's going on at their school and a lot of people have been really successful in business but they don't apply necessarily the same principles to their sports teams their fans and, and you got to figure out how to deal with people that are always used to getting what they want. And that's, that's a tough spot for a lot of these athletic directors who are also trying to run a business or manage a $100 million-plus athletic department. All right, let's go ahead and bring it back to the on-the-field football product. You brought it up yourself earlier. We assume that this is probably the beginning of the end for Brett Bielema. You mentioned the, the stumble in November this past season. Should have been a nine-win team that only won seven. This year, things just haven't gone right. I, I was actually fairly high on the Hogs coming into 2017, and clearly it hasn't happened. You mentioned the way they finished this season. You get to host Mississippi State and then Missouri to close out the schedule. Is there anything Coach Bielema can do? Can he deliver a couple of wins and get this team to, say, the Birmingham Bowl and return in 2017? Or, A, was he going to be gone no matter what? And, B, is it automatic, basically, because he's going to have a new boss before long? Yeah, I don't think there's anything he can do at this point. Now, if they flip the script and are amazing in the last two games and and there's reason to to see that this is going to carry into next year, then you could make a case. But I go back to the chancellor's comments about why he was getting rid of Jeff Long. If Jeff has lost support of many of the fans and alumni and key supporters, how can the football coach who has the record that Bielema does in the SEC has been blown out more times than any other Arkansas coach in the SEC of 30 points or more, how can this coach – uh, how can that guy come into next year with the support of the fan base? I just don't see it happening. If you're if you're making decisions based on where the fans are and where where your supporters are, uh, which I think a lot of people make decisions on that, and that's a that's a, a solid reason. I, I just don't see a path for Brett Bielema to come back. What, what Arkansas's you know, got to figure out now is how they're going to go about hiring a new coach if if that indeed is the case. How, how do you hire a new coach in this climate with so many jobs that are going to be open without a sitting athletic director? That's a, that's a challenge, and, and it's already a challenging job. You know, Arkansas is a really good job because you have so much support and so much passion, and there's only one uh, uh, Power Five conference school in the state, and you're it. 
Uh, it's, a, it's a good job from that standpoint. It's a tough job because you don't have a, a lot of in-state uh, Power 5 conference-type football players, and particularly SEC players. And so you got to go outside of the state. And, and that makes it uh, an, a little bit of an uphill battle in recruiting when you're going against a lot of schools week in and week out that have much more from a recruiting talent standpoint in their backyard. Now, I don't want to be revisionist historian here, but it's really easy five years later to wonder if this is ever a great fit in the first place. There were a lot of people, I'm a Midwest guy originally, and sort of raised their eyebrows when Bielema originally left Wisconsin after three straight Rose Bowls to take the job down here in Fayetteville. Now, we understand there's a lot of things at play financially and otherwise, but still, he was born in Illinois. He played at Iowa. He coached at Wisconsin. He seems like sort of a square peg in a round hole. Was that the case now? Does it seem that way five years later? A little bit. It does. And I'll tell you, we did. Remember, I'm doing a radio show every day for eight months while while, uh, Arkansas is looking for a coach. Because you've got John L. Smith, who you know is not going to be the long-term coach. So you have this situation where it's basically a, a whole year, a whole season, that you're, you're talking every day about who the next coach is going to be. And not one time did Brett Bielema's name ever come up. Now think about this. No kidding. We talked about everybody, everybody that you can imagine, and not one time did anybody ever think, not a caller, not any guest, not all of the guys we have on the show, nobody ever. We had a top 25 running list week in and week out of, of who the top 25 candidates should be because Arkansas was terrible and we were trying to keep it interesting and never did Brett Bielema's name come up. So he gets hired and all of a sudden you look at him and you go, well, this makes sense because Arkansas, just like I told you a second ago, doesn't have, they're not going to win the recruiting rankings. So they got to develop they got to have guys that come in their program and by year three, four, and five are really playing at a high level. They got to have um, they got to have culture in the program where they don't beat themselves, where they don't get in trouble off the field. And these are all the X factors of a, a Brett Bielema coach team, is what we're thinking then. And so Bielema comes in, he starts off, and the, the question is, hey, can you play that style and beat Alabama and, and LSU? Well, about that time football really starts to change in the sec absolutely and then it was like you know then it was like well arkansas is a knuckleball you know they'll be different they'll be they'll be tough to prepare for and so that sort of kind of worked after a really tough first year they sort of kind of got it going they got back-to-back shutouts over lsu and old miss in his second year and then in his third year they they've turned the corner and went uh, seven and two over their last nine games, and and he got he got a contract extension, and it looks like this is kind of coming together a little bit, and then last year it went away. The offensive line wasn't nearly as good. They couldn't run the ball when they had to, even though they had a thirteen hundred yard rusher in critical situations and in the red zone they couldn't move the ball. Uh, the defense was bad. They hadn't recruited well enough. And every other week, they won or lost. So it was up, down, up, down for, for 10 straight weeks. And then they, they blew those games at the end of the year. They go into this season and never really look right. And they look like they don't have an identity. They're not a ground-and-pound type team, all of those type things. And, and now there's 11 teams in the SEC 
you know, playing some version of the spread, and Arkansas is not one of them. And people are looking at recruiting going, what are you doing? You know, there's not enough linemen or fullbacks or whatever you want to, out there to, to get to begin with. And if you don't have a mobile quarterback, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. And, and that doesn't seem like something that Brett Bielema has signed up for. So all of those factors come together, and then you start hearing what you're now saying, which is easy to see now. If you don't understand not just the SEC and how to, how to set up a network of recruiting and relationships from the neighboring states, and you don't necessarily understand Arkansas, and you're not necessarily innovative – in today's game, then you're probably going to get left behind. and Or it's going to take a while for you to figure it out. And fans aren't patient, and you're paying a guy $4 million to learn on the job. But I had a, I had a high, high-ranking um, Arkansas official tell me the other day that um, – Brett Bielema has been paid twenty, roughly twenty million dollars over the last four or five years for what? That's like a twenty million dollar investment for what? That's how some people look at it. Um, so that's kind of where it sits, and and I, I get why in the beginning maybe why it looked good, or for some people it didn't look good. But I, I think it's kind of played out to where it doesn't seem like it was the right fit, even though it might have might have seemed that way in the beginning. Yeah, you're a lot closer to this program than I am. But me observing it from afar, especially this season, I just have a hard time identifying what the plan for this program is and what their identity is and what they plan to do when they come into game day. And you're right when we're talking about the Midwest roots and the Big Ten roots for a guy like Bielema, and it sort of made sense, Wisconsin, to Arkansas with what you have to do from a recruiting perspective and a style of play. Okay, we're going to smash mouth people. We're going to run it between the tackles. We're going to bludgeon you, do those types of things. We're going to coach up these three-star guys and make them four and five stars by the time they graduate. But the on the field product hasn't reflected that when they've had success. It's with guys like Brandon Allen and Austin Allen who are throwing it all over the place. And that's just not what we anticipated. Then on the other side of the ball, they try to make the change from the four, three to the three, four. And it just seems like more of the same. They can't stop anybody. If you look at the numbers this season, they're an average rushing team. They're an average passing team. They're below average stopping the run. They're below average stopping the pass on either side of the ball. When they line it up on Saturdays, I honestly don't know, A, what they do well, and B, what they're trying to accomplish. Does that make sense? Which is why Brett Bielema's on his way out. Of course. Because when you don't have hope to sell, you don't have anything. And if there was something to hang your hat on, your quarterback got hurt, but he was playing really well beforehand and everything was great, but your quarterback got hurt. Go back to next year. It's a, it looks like a lot of searching, a, a lot of trying to fix it and figure it out. And as they say, you know, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You, you know, you, you lose some you, – you don't recruit well enough. You don't have an identity that's strong enough. You don't have an identity that works. Um, it catches up with you when it catches up with you is the saying. And, and that's kind of where I think it is with Brett Bielema at Arkansas, which – by the way, they'll never be I, – I, I don't think they'll ever be a more popular coach 
if he indeed ends up losing his job here. There'll never have been a, a more popular coach to get fired because personally, everybody likes the guy. But they also they also want to win games. And um, and that's obviously – that hasn't happened for Beal at Arkansas. No, it hasn't. And guys like you and me who work in this business, we do anything for personality, entertain us, make it fun. And he does that. And he's honest and he runs his program the right way. His players clearly love him, and his players seem to be a nice reflection of the university. They tend to graduate. They tend to stay out of trouble. But this is sort of the, the yin and the yang. You know, who did he take over for ultimately? It was Bobby Petrino. And, yes, you were winning more games. You would get to 10 or 11 Ws. But you have to sort of sell your soul to the devil to, to do that. So, so what does Arkansas want to be? So you, you max out at eight wins with Coach Bielema. You feel good about things in the community. But I, I, I did a show in Arkansas myself as a guest fairly recently, and the host was hearkening back to the glory days of Petrino and trying to talk himself into how they never should have let him go and he was doing some good things, clearly forgetting the fact that the entire program was a national laughing stock when you had the motorcycle right. incident. So what does this program want to be? Are, are you willing just to throw everything off the deck to get yourself the double-digit wins I just don't know which which hand you want to play here. It's very difficult for this program where it resides in the SEC West. Yeah, by the way, Bobby Petrino is what, six and four right now with the Heisman Trophy winner at Louisville? Very mediocre. I mean, he's a he's a great offensive coach and he's a great on the field coach. But when it comes to a program, and here's the thing about hiring coaches, you get all of them. You don't just get part of them. You don't get the three things they're good at and get to forget the four things they're bad at. So it, you have to run the entire program. And that's why I think it's been hard for Petrino to sustain success. He's a great coach, but can he do all the other things that have to be done consistently and the right way and dealing with people to be able to, to, to be at one of these jobs? Arkansas fans want something that gives them hope like any other fan base. And I, I'll tell you something about Petrino. When, when Houston Nutt was basically run out of Arkansas after 10 years, he had been to Atlanta in the SEC championship game three times. His last game as the coach, they knocked off number one LSU behind Darren McFadden in three overtimes at Baton Rouge. That was his last game as a coach. I think they won eight games that year. And, and then he's gone, okay? But people wanted a more – they felt like Nutt wasn't – uh, open-minded enough offensively, and it just he, he ran the ball too much. And so along comes Bobby Petrino, and he's throwing it all over the place, and it's exciting, and, and they get up to 10 wins, they get up to 11 wins. And the thing about Petrino, he, he went 21-5 and five over a two-year stretch before he put that motorcycle and ultimately the program in the ditch. Now, I would argue that moving forward, it was going to go back down again a little bit because there had been a lot of attrition in the program. But what people saw was excitement, passing, you know, open offense, something to give you hope. And when they went and got Bielema, there was a group of fans that said, why are we going back to this ground and pound style? Why are we going back to this thing with Houston Nut, like offense? And they didn't like it. And then also you come all the way back to today, and now that seems to be back to where we are. So Arkansas fans, if you ask them what they want, they're going to want 
an offense that's exciting, wide open, and really fits more of what high schools are doing all over the country and, and where they feel a little bit more innovative than stuck in the past. That, that you, you feel like you're going somewhere and you get some hope out of and you know, and, until you figure out whether your coach is any good or not, because ultimately, no matter what style you play, you got to win, or people aren't going to like you. You know what? You're obviously taking me to the very next question. I want to talk about who some potential candidates would be to take this job if we make the leap that Coach Bielema is going to coach two more games, and that's it for him with the Hogs. And based on what you're telling me, it certainly seems like the number one target would be Gus Malzahn. Now, it's, it's hard to say that because he's currently on an Auburn team that destroyed Georgia, number one in the country, and I believe the Tigers are very much alive for the college football playoff, but the Iron Bowl is a week from Saturday, and it just seems like on the planes they're looking for a reason to hit the eject button and try something different. They always have an itchy trigger finger there. Just ask Coach Chiswick. But Coach Malzahn, yes, born in Texas, but he has very strong ties to the state of Arkansas. He was originally a walk-on wide receiver there. He's been on the coaching staff when they have scored a lot of points and been interesting. A, would he take that job? And B, is it just assumed that he would be the target no matter what? And I guess C, if not him, who's going to come take that job? Well, that's a great question. But as far as Malzahn goes, I think that there's a lot of people in Arkansas that, that think or hope or want Gus Malzahn to come back home. Uh, there's probably some others who who don't like the way it was when he was here because it was that kind of a messy time with him and Houston Nutt. That's been long enough ago where maybe it's in the past. Uh, the Malzahn conversation was a lot different before he beat Georgia, as you alluded to. And it could be different, obviously, if he beats Alabama. I know Gus Malzahn well, have not spoken to him about this, but I would just tell you that can you imagine being the Auburn coach right now? Uh, every other week you're on the hot seat. And a lot of it has to do with the guy that's your, your rival down the street who's, you know, the best we've ever seen. And, and if you go somewhere else, you kind of start your clock all over again. You know, and if you go somewhere where people really want you and you're appreciated and you feel like you're their guy, uh, there's some value in that. Uh, also, if you have roots in a state and you want to go try to help them or you feel all that um, all that sense of pride in doing that. Uh, so I could see a case to be made for that. But I know this, Auburn is a much uh, different job in terms of trying to win a national championship than Arkansas is. Just, let's just go look at where all the players come from. I mean, how do you get a defense like that? Arkansas hadn't had a defense like that in a couple of decades. I don't know if they've ever had one quite as good as Auburn's got right now. Where do you get those players? Can you win without those players? Are you willing to come to Arkansas and hope that eight wins is enough? Or do you want to play for a national championship year in and year out or every couple of years? So, you know, those are all the things on the table with a guy like Gus Malzahn. I mean, it sounds great. But, again, a lot of people stop with something that sounds great and they don't go through all the factors of, of you know, what will happen next. Let's just take another guy, for example. So Mike Norvell is now suddenly this incredibly attractive college football coach. Because what? Because he went to Memphis after Justin Fuente was there, did a great job. He went and kind of kept it rolling, and he's doing fine. And, and, and that's great. But if you're looking at track records – where would you have ranked Mike Norvell uh, last July 
among top 25 football coaches. And how many guys getting fired right now would you have ranked ahead of them? So, you know, a lot of this is just fantasy talk. And let's go all the way back to Bielema. Who thinks that hiring somebody that's won three conference championships in another power five conference is a bad hire at the time that you get them? You don't know. You know, you, you got to find the right fit. So in terms of who Arkansas is going to get next, I don't know, but I think it needs to be somebody that understands exactly what Arkansas is and how you have to recruit here and how you have to play here and how that's going to work against the competition that you're facing in this league. And, and if you have to learn that when you get here, it's probably not going to work because you're not going to have enough time to make the mistakes and then do it again. Bo, last question for you. Let's circle it back to Coach Bielema. I think it's safe to say he's going to get much more rope than your traditional coach just because, as you suggest, he's so likable and he's so much fun and he's a real human being and he's that quote-unquote guy you want to have a beer with. Where does he surface next? There's a lot of talk about maybe Nebraska comes open and that makes sense for him. A little more of a, again, a Big Ten job and uh, same division as Wisconsin and Iowa. That makes a little bit of sense. Do you still feel that he could be a successful Power 5 coach if he goes elsewhere? Or does he maybe go the John Gruden route? We know that he would get a TV job in a heartbeat if he put those feelers out there. Why not just live the comfortable lifestyle? He's already pocketed $20-plus million, as you talked about earlier. Why not just be that lovable uh, cartoon character on TV every Saturday and go that route? Does he want to get right back into the fire, considering the way that uh, the Razorbacks have treated him recently? It'll be interesting to see what Brett Bielema wants to do. And does he have the opportunity to go to Nebraska is a traditional powerhouse. It hasn't always been that lately, but you know, that job has some cachet to it. Absolutely. You know, that's not going the Charlie strong route, the South Florida from Texas. I mean, you're still going to a reputable program. Nebraska knocks on your door, man. You got to listen to that. And, and so if that's a real possibility or, you know, he's their second option behind Scott Frost or whatever, then I would think he would listen. I, you know, that you've heard rumors like Kansas State, Bill Snyder might say, hey, I'll, I'll step down if you guys want to bring Bielema in, you know, because he's got ties there. I think at the end of the day, Brett Bielema still wants to coach because I think he loves doing it. I think he loves the – I think he's got the – loves being called coach. I think he loves everything that comes with that. And I think he likes impacting young men. And he's got a, he's got a, you know, a strong feeling about trying to develop guys in a positive way. I used to think that when he, whenever he was done at Arkansas, he'd just go right into TV. And I think he can do that whenever he wants. I mean, he can make a ton of money in TV. He's got one of the quickest wits and best personalities I've ever been around, period. But I, I think maybe, you know, he's still got some some coach left in him. Here's the one caveat. You never know what a guy's going to feel like after he has his first child, especially, you know, in his 40s. And he has his first child at home, and he comes to an intersection in his life, and he's got plenty of money. What does he want to do? How, did, how does that impact? I mean, it impacts all of us maybe a little bit differently. And that's, that's one factor to consider with Brett Bielema. 
I've got two kids myself under the age of four. I've had similar conversations just without the $20 million. Uh, Bo, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to returning the favor on your show very soon. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. That was Bo Mattingly. He is on weekdays from 2 to 7 Central all over the state of Arkansas. Be sure to tune in and listen. And also follow him on Twitter. He's a good follow, at Sports Talk W Bo. And, th- and thank you for listening to the Saturday Down South podcast. Special thanks to our friends at WDAE in Tampa, as well as our sponsor, SweetHop.com. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes or wherever your favorite podcasts are located. Be sure to give the show a rating as well. My name is John Christ, and for all SEC all the time, visit SaturdayDownSouth.com. <laughs>